and I just really just start recording. So here we go. So what's up, everybody? I am Asia McMillan, and today is Thursday's Hot Takes from Sports Marketing Perspective. And with Thursday Hot Takes is a new segment here at Sports Marketing Perspective that we're just going to go over the hot takes and the news and information in sports, sports marketing, sports business that has been happening um, over the last week. So Thursday to Thursday, um, just get ready for some hot takes every Thursday from Sports Marketing Perspective. So getting right into it, I want to kind of you know, pay homage and show respect to Ann Donovan. Rest in peace, Ann Donovan. Ann Donovan was really a pioneer of women's basketball. She helped, you know, really transform the way uh, women's basketball was perceived within the sports industry and um, with fans. And she just kind of, you know, transformed just just women's basketball, man. Um, Ann Donovan, she was like six nine. She played ball and she also coached. Uh, she coached at the Olympic level, and if you watched last night's, I believe it was Washington Mystics and Connecticut Sun game, uh, Lisa Leslie during halftime, she really spoke on Ann Donovan, and she really spoke well about her and how Ann Donovan really changed the way that she saw basketball and the way that she kind of saw herself as a, as a tall female um, that wanted to play basketball and kind of get into into the league and get into, you know, the routines and the different things. She, she saw her come, I believe she said she came to her school uh, one day when she was um, in Inglewood, I believe, yeah, she came to her school in Inglewood and she saw her and she saw her speak and she was like, yo, if Ann Donovan is doing this, I know that I can do this and I can be great at it. So again, rest in peace to Ann Donovan. Um, she will truly be missed and we just are praying for her, uh, her family um, and, you know, her friends and everyone uh, that really knew who she was um, outside of basketball. So again, rest in peace, Ann Donovan. So Wanted to start off on that note, but now we're going to get right into LeBron James free agency. Another hot take. It's on everyone's radars right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. LeBron James free agency. It's another hot take. It's on everyone's radar right now. And I just want to touch on something that kind of made headlines in this last week, and that's Gary Payton saying that LeBron James Jr., Bronny, is committed to Sierra Canyon School in L.A. So it's like, okay. One, Gary Payton knows somebody that everybody else don't know. <laughs> Two, just kind of a back reference on Gary Payton. Gary Payton, I mean, I grew up watching Gary Payton play in the league, and it's like Gary Payton was one of the realest guys to step foot on the court. Like, when he said something, he backed it up in his game, and he looked like he can back it up off the court as well. Like, I wouldn't want to mess with Gary Payton in the alley or outside. Or something. Like, I wouldn't want to cross his path in the wrong way. So, I say it's some truth to every rumor, to anything. It's always some truth. It's some truth to a lie, some truth to a rumor. He say, she say. It's always some truth within, within that 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 rumor, like that rumor boat. So it's like, I don't know, man. LeBron James could really be making that move to LA, and just kind of touching a little bit deeper onto. Uh, the free agency, like LeBron James taught in his post-game finals, post-game conference, uh, game four. He was like, you know, I have to consult my family. I have to talk it over with, you know, my kids. And, of course, Bronny, since he's going to be going to high school, you know, what's the best move for him? What's the best move for me and my family and my two younger kids, my wife? And LeBron James is like, and I'm sitting there like, okay, LeBron, it's it's good you got to consult your wife. I mean, every married man should consult their wife and their family before they make any decisions, and I'm sure that's what he does all the time. But I'm sitting there like LeBron. It don't it it doesn't matter 
where you move, if you move. Like, moving doesn't matter to LeBron James as much as he makes it seem like, oh, you know, I got to consult this, I got to consult my family. And it's cool, we know you got to do that, but it really, LeBron, when you picked up from Cleveland and moved to Miami, that it, the move didn't matter. Like, where you went to play doesn't matter. Your kids, if you're, if Bronny wants to go to school in L.A. and you stay in Cleveland, I don't think that matters. If Le, if Bronny wants to, like, I feel like you have the, you know, the accessibility to make it work anywhere that he goes. But on another note, when it comes to the Cleveland Cavaliers, I feel like the Cavs should be making making it completely possible for LeBron James to stay in Cleveland. The Cavs should be making it completely possible, like a sure thing that LeBron James is going to stay in Cleveland. Why? Because they, or how, why and how? Because he's in his 15th season, MVP, putting up MVP numbers in the season, MVP numbers in the playoffs and the finals, the talent should be going to LeBron James, not LeBron James going to find talent. And that is from a personal perspective. I think that the talent should be coming to him. Like, why not? Why isn't the talent coming to LeBron? Why is it the other way around? And the Cavs should – and that should be out of respect. Like, out of respect for who he is, the type of player he is, the world's greatest player. Out of respect for that man, you sh- the Cavaliers should be doing everything possible to get the right talent around uh, surrounding LeBron James, especially when you know that he probably has upwards of maybe two, uh, three, maybe four seasons left, at, you know, at the most. Like, you know, knock on wood, praying that everything, you know, is straight with him. He doesn't get any major injuries or nothing like that. Like, this guy is a phenom. He's the best player we have now, arguably the greatest player to ever step foot on the court. Bring the talent to LeBron, man. Bring the talent to LeBron James. Um, so yeah, LeBron James free agency, another Thursday hot take. Uh, another hot take here: Kyrie Kyrie Irving will not sign extension with the Celtics. Uh, he made this news uh, public during a press conference, and he said, you know, leaving. He's uh, pretty much he's leaving his options open. Um, he's focusing on his health, which is I think is that complete bull. Like, come on, Kyrie Irving. I mean that I don't think focusing on your health. I think focusing on your health is a priority. But really, we know that it makes sense for him to not sign this contract because he wants that bag. Kyrie wants the bag. This may be the title of this podcast, but Kyrie Irving wants the bag, okay? Um, and if he signs, if he was to sign with Boston this summer, uh, he would be leaving $80 million on the table versus if he doesn't sign an extension and he holds out for free agency in uh, summer of 19. Smart move. It's all a business Kyrie doesn't sign. But what does that leave on the table for uh, the Celtics to do? You know, the Celtics can make some moves. The Celtics can make some moves. Uh, LeBron to the Celtics, I highly doubt it. But um, like I say, the Celtics can make some moves. Kyrie has made his move. He says he's not going to sign with the Celtics. Uh, I'm sure he's going to talk that over with management in the front office this summer um, and see, you know, where they're going as far as his health and, you know, getting the team focused and right for next season because I do think Boston is a potential, like a real contender for the finals um, next season. So we'll see where that goes. Um, so, yeah, Kyrie not signing an extension with the Celtics, going to become a free agency in summer 19 um, and pick up that, that bag. <laughs> uh, next hot take, Warriors are a dynasty. 
are the Warriors a dynasty? Um, three out of four championships. You know, been to the finals four consecutive times. Have won three out of four. Gave one away to LeBron uh, and the Cavs. But three out of four, four back to back to back to back. I think that was four backs. Um, are they a dynasty? Personal opinion, I think they are. Um, but another question I want to pose to the audience um, does a team have to be a super team to win and be a dynasty? Like, do you have to have a super team in order to win that many championships, go to the finals that many times, and in a row at that? Do you have to be a super team to do that? And I hear so much talk about super teams is ruin, are ruining the NBA, super teams are this, super teams are that. Look, from a marketing perspective, it's about what the market wants. If the audience is loving the whole super team thing. They like the, the teams that are loading up on a star, all-star athletes, putting them in their starting lineup. If that's what the audience wants, that's what you give them. And the NBA is very, very good and knows exactly who they're targeting. They know exactly what their audience wants to see. Um, I do think that in the long run, I do think that in the long run, the NBA has set themselves up in case it gets out of control with the super teams. In case the super team thing gets out of control, I do feel like the the NBA has themselves set up business-wise, marketing-wise to combat, you know, if, if, if the audience says, we're tired of the super teams, we're tired of seeing LeBron James and the Warriors, and literally LeBron James and the Warriors in the finals every single year. We don't want to see this no more. I mean, if the numbers stop dropping, if the ratings start falling, I feel like the NBA has themselves set up for years to come, and they can combat that. But getting back to the question at hand, does a team have to be a super team to win to win and be a dynasty? Let me know um, in the comment section. Uh, or the, is it a comment section or a preview section of the podcast on iTunes? If you're on SoundCloud, let me know in the comments. If you're on iTunes, let me know. Um, if you just want to chime in on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, let us know what you think. Does a team have to be a super team to win and be a dynasty? And then on the other side of that question, or does being a dynasty mean that you are or you have had a super team? Like in order, like when you look at all the dynasties, when you look at the Celtics, when you look at the Miami Heat, when you look at the Lakers, all of those teams seem to be somewhat front loaded. Like they're loaded. They have star all-star players, star caliber players. Like, does you know, does being a dynasty mean that during that era, during your reign and your during your dynasty reign, were you a super team? And I think I think most super teams, I mean, uh, most dynasties were comprised of what we like to call quote unquote super teams. They had great players. They had. Uh, you know, just star caliber players, and they weren't just playing with a bunch of nobodies. Like, uh, and the Bulls, like the Bulls, the Bulls, the Celtics, the uh, the Bulls, the Celtics, the uh, Lakers, Miami Heat, and now, and I wouldn't even say Miami Heat was a dynasty. They went so many times, but they only won two. I wouldn't say they were a dynasty, but they I would put them. People like to classify LeBron James started the super team trend. No, the Celtics started the super team trend when they had Garnett, Pierce, Rondo, and Ray Allen all on the same team. And I know I'm missing somebody, but they had all of them on the same team. I think the Celtics 
started in the new era of basketball. I think the Celtics started the super team trend when they front when they loaded up with Garnett, Pierce, Ray Allen, and Rondo. The Bulls, I mean, you got Jordan, Pippen, Scotty, um, Scotty Pippen, uh, Dennis Rodman, Steve Kerr. You got, I mean, and that's another era of basketball, really. Uh, when you're talking about that era of basketball, I think they, they could have been called a super team as well. When Jordan won all those championships, when Jordan won the ships, I mean, were they a super team or were they just Jordan? When LeBron won the championship, was he it just LeBron or was it LeBron? And uh, LeBron, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love. What I mean, I think personally, my opinion not yours, <laughs> uh, judge if judge if you want, but don't. Um, I think that being a dynasty, you have to kind of have somewhat of a super team. Like, you can't win that many championships and go to the finals that many times back-to-back without having all-star, like, every year all-star caliber players. First team, second team players. So that's just my take. Here on Thursday's Hot Takes with Sports Marketing Perspective, Warriors are a dynasty, and I feel like you have to have somewhat of a super team to be a dynasty and to win that many championships and go to the finals that many times in a row. Um, So, yeah, next uh, hot take here we have uh, Warriors are willing to take less money to keep the team together. This is quick. This is a quick take. Question is, how long is this going to last? How long will... uh, How long will... Uh, Durant, how long will Curry, I mean, Curry ain't taking nothing. How long will Durant, how long will Thompson, how long will Green continue to take less money, literally taking L's less money? How long will they continue to do that until they're like, look, I I deserve this. I, I, I play my, my time that I'm putting into the team, to the league, uh, to win these championships. I... I need my money. I need my money. And with, you know, we know with the, the media rights deals and everything, I mean, that's one of the reasons why Kyrie Irving is holding out until summer 19 because he want the bag. Draymond Green is going to want the bag. Like, I feel like out of all the – Draymond and Kevin are going to want the bag. Thompson, I feel like he's like I – like, I feel like personally he wants the bag, but his play sometimes is like, eh – I could do without the bag. <laughs> but Kevin Durant and Draymond Green want the bag. Like, seriously, we know they want it. I don't know how long it's going to last. Warriors, like I said, Warriors are willing to take less money to keep the team together. It's, I don't know how long it's going to last. Um, getting into the NFL, now, I'm not a big off-season watcher of the NFL. Like, I could take it or leave it during the off-season. But I'm a New York Giants fan, and I keep up with everything Giants. So the big talk, the big hot take is Odell Beckham Jr., OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. Probably, probably, I mean, I feel like he'll go down as a Hall of Fame receiver. Pro bowler. OBJ wants the big contract. OBJ wants the big contract. Should the Giants give OBJ the big contract? I feel like he's proven himself. I feel like he's proven himself on the field. I feel like if Nike, usually if Nike's willing to give you a huge contract like that, then 
I mean, something should follow from your team if you don't already have a big contract. But I feel like if Nike's pushing out money like that, why not give him money like that for what he does on the court, on the field? Like, he's a great athlete. The injury, he's shown that he's bounced back from the injury. Seems like he's 100% to me. Maybe he's like 95, but seems like he's close to 100. I think he'll be at 100% when the, uh, when the season starts. But come on, man. Give him the contract. Eli don't have that many many more years. He doesn't have that many more years on on the field. They almost pushed him out this year. <laughs> but just give give Beckham the bag, man. Give Beckham the contract. Give it to him. Let him have it. Like I say, he's proven himself. He deserves it. Give it to him. Lock him in. Best receiver you got. Um, and something else I was gonna touch it, touch on with the NFL is the national anthem policy. I don't want to make sports market perspective about politics, I, although I feel like politics has to be discussed. You know, a lot of people don't want to discuss politics, but a lot of people also don't want to listen when people are talking politics or discussing social and economic issues and policies and this, that, and the third. But when we get come to sports, sports and politics has clashed and, and and especially within the NFL, especially with the presidential administration that we have right now. Um I don't know, the NFL national anthem policy, I I feel like it's it's always going it's going to be a hot take until it's actually solved in the right way, in the right manner, until people actually learn to listen and understand and try to gain understanding of what is really, you know, being protested and what these players have been kneeling about. So, I don't know. NFL National Anthem Policy, I think they're digging a bigger hole in which they are going to bury themselves in. And you can quote me on that. The NFL National Anthem Policy equals digging a bigger hole to bury themselves in. Like, NFL, come on. It's like, I feel like the NFL does a lot of things, a lot of things to... Kind of, not distract them, like, they're not... I just feel like they shoot themselves in the foot all the time. Like, all the time, NFL. Why? Why? <laughs> like, no. Like, Kevin Hart, no. Like, it's like I saw it coming. It was just like, no. What are you doing? Like, this NFL national anthem policy is really just kind of like, eh, we're going to push this. Like, we're trying to do what the NBA is doing. The NBA has a pretty much you are required to stand. You are expected to stand for the national anthem, although you can protest in any other way that you feel like. If you want to wear, like, the Cavaliers wore the I Can't Breathe t-shirts, you can wear the, you know, the shoes or whatever, as long as you're standing for the national anthem. Cool. So the NFL, you know, you got the players kneeling for the national anthem, and it's not a protest against the anthem or against it's not a protest against the flag. It's not meant to disrespect the national anthem or to disrespect the country or the military or the flag, which we can go down a list, a, a laundry list of things that that this entire country does to disrespect the flag that it shouldn't be doing. That's another topic uh, that I won't get into. But the players are kneeling. Colin Kaepernick started it. And I just feel like the only way to remedy remedy the situation is for to some I mean I and I won't say the only way, but one of the ways to remedy the situation is to get Colin Kaepernick on the field, on the team. Get him on the team. He's ready. 
if you have not seen Colin Kaepernick as of late, he's ready. Get him on the field. Get him on the team. Get him behind, you know, a decent team to where he can show his skills. He can prove that he still got it. He still has it. He, Colin Kaepernick is getting the bag, whether the NFL likes it or not, though. Like, if we talking bags, Colin Kaepernick is getting the bag, whether the NFL likes it or not, and it's coming at the price of the NFL. And the NFL is doing a lot to sweep things under the rug and to silence its athletes and its players, but they aren't doing anything to address the issue head on. And the issue is, isn't the national anthem. The issue isn't the flag. The issue is police brutality. Police brutality as a whole, police brutality against black men, uh, black individuals, African-American individuals. That is the issue. That's what Colin Kaepernick is protesting against. That's what the players are protesting against. That's it. And if we can, as NFL fans, as a community that loves football, that watches football, that partakes and consumes football, NFL football, on a daily, seasonal basis, whatever, like, try to understand, like, empathy is key in business, in personal, whatever. Empathy is key. And if you can't empathize with the fact that this man, this man, this African-American man is is kneeling for something that he believes in with no disrespect to what he's kneeling in front of. Like, if we can't empathize with that as as fans, as sports, just to support the culture of sports, like, what what's next? Like, what's next? And it's it's sad to see the NFL going down this road, and I didn't want to touch, stay on this topic for too long, but it's just sad that the NFL is going down this road, and they're just, like I said, they're digging a bigger hole to bury themselves in, and the, and the funeral is soon. If they, does, if they don't do something to actually face the issue head on and say this is what we're going to do about protesting and letting these players protest against police brutality and this, that, and the third, if they don't give other options and then they want to shut down the protesting as a whole, like we don't want to see any protesting on the field. We don't want no protesting on the field. We don't want you to protest nothing. We don't want to see any signs of any type of protest. And that's basically what they're saying because they didn't make it crystal clear as to what the players could do is just stay in the locker room. So you're sweeping it under the rug. You're silencing it. You're silencing the freedom of pretty much speech and free expression. Bigger hole. Funeral's coming soon. I mean, come on, NFL. Come on. Uh, but, yeah, so that is it for Thursday's Hot Takes here at Sports Marketing Perspective S&P Podcast. Um, look, hey, this is a first for me doing the Thursday hot takes, I like how this is. I like just touching on a few key topics and just going in on them, giving my perspective. Because um, after all, sports marketing perspective. But yeah, let me know how you all liked this kind of format. This, uh, I guess, you know, this take on just the information and the news of the week. Plan on doing this every Thursday. Every Thursday um, until... Either it busts, it dies, or people don't want to hear it no more. But I feel it's it's good to go over the news of the week and to kind of recap and give, you know, a different perspective or a different thought um, that you all may be listening to. So that's Thursday's hot take for the day um, or for the week. I am signing out. Um, I am Asia McMillan. All the information um, 
if you watch if you listen to this on soundcloud all the information will be in the description if you listen to this on itunes make sure you check out uh sportsmarketingperspective.com we got some great articles up there check them out read them tell us what you think leave feedback let us know what you feel about how you know what i'm writing um looking to get on some additional writers and some you know reaching out to some different organizations i kind of really reaching back out to the students because after all sports marketing perspective is geared towards the students the sports marketing students and the young industry professionals who are you know just getting their foot in the door and um finding out their passion and their love for the sports industry so yeah that's it uh, again this is thursday's hot taste check us out again next thursday here at sports marketing perspective dot com sports marketing perspective on soundcloud and sports marketing perspective the smp podcast on itunes so again check us out um leave us a little rating if you like like some of the shows really going to be amping up the content here lately uh, or in the future in the near future we're going to be ramping up the content giving you guys a lot more of smp so yeah leave us some um feedback let us know what you think what you don't like what you like um and yeah so this is asia i am asia mcmillan on social media sports marketing perspective on social media and i will catch you guys later again thursday's hot taste every thursday here at s&p podcast